Well, today we're going to conclude our three-part series called Unmasked. Say Unmasked. Unmasked. Yeah, you know, for over a year now, we've been told to wear a mask, a physical mask. But the truth of the matter is, man has always worn an invisible mask. Man has always tried to cover up, tried to hide uh, his true feelings. It's time, I believe, to unmask and face our reality. Well, to unmask means to expose the true character or the hidden truth about a matter. Well, today I'm going to challenge all of us to unmask our hypocrisy. How many of you are excited now? Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, great. Now, I realize that this is not a very exciting subject, and yet it is something that we need to address. You see, the truth is everyone struggles with hypocrisy. Everyone. Say everyone. Everyone struggles with hypocrisy. fact of the matter is, if you claim to never struggle with it, you're being hypocritical. Yeah, most of us practice hypocrisy and we're not even aware of it. That's the sad thing, is that we practice hypocrisy and we're not even aware. So I'm going to talk about uh, this subject of hypocrisy for a few moments today. I'm going to ask two questions about hypocrisy and then I'm going to endeavor to, to answer them today. The first question I have to ask this morning is this, that is what makes a person a hypocrite? What is it that makes a person a hypocrite? Well, I'm going to suggest four things. There are other things, but just have time to talk about four of them this morning. And, and, and the first one is how they act. What makes a person a hypocrite? How they, how they act. In, in Matthew chapter 22, the Pharisees held a meeting and they devised a plan trying to deceive Jesus. Uh, and, and in this plan, they're going to pretend to be his ally when in fact they were his enemy and were trying to trap him, try to get him to say something that would get him in trouble with the law. But if you'll read the account there, you will see that Jesus saw through their deception and, and he called them out on it. In Matthew 22 and verse 18, it says, but Jesus knew their evil motives. And this is what Jesus said to them. He said, you hypocrites. You hypocrites, Jesus said, why are you trying to trap me? What makes a hypocrite? How they, how they act. Uh, you know, these Pharisees were presenting themselves as friends when they were actually foes. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 6 says, Many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? Have you ever been guilty? I'm afraid I have. Act one way to a person's face and another way behind their back. (laughs) I've had people tell me before, I'm behind you, Pastor. (laughs) And I wanted to say, I can feel you back there. Would you kindly take out the knife? (laughs) Act one way to a person's face, another way behind their back have nothing to do with a person until they are in a position to help you somehow. Turn to your neighbor and say, ouch. 
What makes a hypocrite? Well, first of all, how they act. Another way to find out what makes a hypocrite, and that is how they assess others. How they assess others. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 through 5, Jesus addresses hypocrisy. I want us to read what Jesus has, has to say there. Matthew chapter 7, verse 3 through 5, Jesus is talking to some people, and he says to them, And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Hey, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite. Yeah, that's what Jesus, he called, he called him out. Hypocrite, Jesus said. First, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you'll be able to see clearly to remove the speck. That's in your brother's eye. Wow. Wow. What do you think of your sweet little Jesus now? I see a little bit of bulldog in him. What makes a person a hypocrite? Jesus said, by how they assess others. Listen, listen, for most of us, we tend to offer grace to ourselves, and yet we pronounce judgment on others. We see our faults as harmless. We see our faults as few, and everyone else's, we see their faults as damaging, and we see them as many. And I want to tell you that I have seen this over and over and over and over again. People come to me about the faults of others. They do. They come to me about the faults of others, and yet many times compared to their faults, the one they are accusing or criticizing is a saint. I want to say, really? Really, you're pointing out the speck in your brother's eye when you've got a four by four coming out of your own? Really? Have you ever been guilty of accusing or criticizing someone for something that compared to your faults are far less guilty than you? I have. I have. Jesus said, how can you with a boulder sticking out of your own eye criticize the tiny speck that is coming out of your brother's eye? But we do. We do. Jesus calls us out on this. He says we are practicing hypocrisy when we do this. And I can't tell you how many times I've witnessed this and even been guilty of it. What makes a person a hypocrite? Well, thank you for asking this morning. That makes my time up here a whole lot easier when you ask me questions like that. What makes a person a hypocrite? Well, well, how they act and how they assess others. And, and another thing is, is by what they allow. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus is criticized for healing somebody on the Sabbath. He was rebuked by the ruler of the synagogue for working on, on the Sabbath, a, a day for rest. But if you'll read the account, you'll see that Jesus calls him out on this. Jesus said, everybody works on the Sabbath. Jesus said, yes, we recognize the Sabbath. It's remember the Sabbath day and keep it, and keep it holy. Yes, yes, Jesus recognized the Sabbath is a day for rest. But he also recognized that there are some things that have to be done. 
Jesus said to this, to this synagogue ruler, he said, he said, hey, don't you feed and water your animals on the Sabbath? You, you don't make your, your animals go 24 hours, do you? You don't make your animals go, you know, it wouldn't be 24 hours, but the time of the Sabbath. You, you don't make them go without food. You don't make them go without water, right? You make sure that your animals are cared for, that they have something to eat. They have water to drink. Jesus said, you're working on the Sabbath. And yet you're going to criticize me because I have healed somebody. I've made somebody whole. I've been a blessing to somebody. I've ministered to somebody. But you're going to, you're going to criticize me for working when you work on the Sabbath as well. Jesus was saying you're being hypocritical in this. What makes a person a hypocrite? What they allow. What they allow. We don't do this, but we do that. We don't say this, but we say that. We criticize somebody else for what they do or what they don't do, but we do or don't do things that are equal or even worse. When I was growing up in church, the preachers were very, very legalistic. I mean, they didn't just preach against sin. They told you what sin was. They had a list, and they went down that list, and they told you. What sin was. And they all had their pet ones. And people used to say, I just love it when a preacher names sin. Well, what I figured out was that they loved it until their sin was called out. As long as I'm calling out somebody else's sin, as long as I'm calling out the pet peeve of that person, oh, they love it, but when I come knocking on their door, it's a different story. We're we're being hypocritical when we criticize others for their sin, and yet our sin is, is the same or even greater. We talk about what somebody else allows in their life. Can you believe they allow? Can you believe they went there? Can you believe they wore that? Can you believe that? Can you believe? Can you believe? And we point out everybody else, but we forget to look in the mirror. We don't allow it in our life, but we allow something equal to it or even worse. We don't do that, but we do this. That's hypocrisy. How am I doing? Notice the fourth thing that makes a person a hypocrite, and that is when they appear to be something they're not. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus once again calls out the hypocrites. And this time it's for appearing to be something that they are not. They call attention to how much they give and how spiritual that they are. But the truth of the matter is they're actually neither generous, neither are they spiritual. Rather, they are hypocrites. They want to appear to be generous. Some of you younger ones won't understand this, but some of you older ones will. Back in the back many years ago, you know, uh, pastors weren't paid very much, mostly because there wasn't the churches were small. There wasn't a lot of money there to pay the pastors, and 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 so often, often because everybody knew the preacher wasn't really making a living, but 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 there would be people in the church that would give what they called a God bless you handshake. How many of you know, remember what a God bless you handshake is? 
What is a God bless you handshake? A God bless you handshake is when they walk out the door after church and as they, as they shake the pastor's hand, they might have a, you know, whatever it might be, a, a, an amount of money in their hand and they slip it into that pastor's hand on their way out. That's a, what was called a God bless you handshake. And what they were saying is, I know, you may not even have enough money for lunch today for this crowd. And what they've given here, let me bless you. Let me help you along a little bit. God bless you, brother. They would, they would shake your hand, God bless you, and have... And I'm actually old enough to remember those. I've gotten a few God bless you handshakes in, in my life back 40 years ago. And here's what I discovered. There were people that gave you a God bless you handshake so nobody knew. And there were people that gave you God bless you handshakes so that everybody knew. The 20 just happened to fall on the ground and you just happened to preach up and pick it up and give it to the pastor. And that's what was happening. There were people that prayed, man. Man, they were praying louder than anybody in flowery prayers and, you know, King James Version kind of prayers. So everybody would think they were spiritual. And giving gifts so everybody could see, whoa, how generous that they were. But the fact of the matter is they were neither spiritual nor were they generous. They were being hypocrites. They were hypocritical. They were doing everything to be seen by man. They wanted to appear to be generous and appear to be spiritual, but actually they were just seeking the applause of man. I wonder how much of what we do or I wonder how much of what we do not do is out of improper motives. It seems to me that Jesus is more interested in our motives than he even is in our actions. It's our motive behind our actions that reveal our true Character. I, I can't speak for you today, but I, I've been guilty of improper motives before. The truth of the matter is everyone struggles with hypocrisy. Sometimes it's intentional, and often we are guilty and not even aware of it. And you know me, I just want to help y'all. So, you know, if you'd like an example of this in your life, just... <laughs> Just come and see me after the service. <laughs> Kidding. Kinda. <laughs> All right, we've listed four things that make a person a hypocrite. Now, now I want to ask the question, how can we manage our hypocrisy? If everyone struggles with it, if it's something that all of us are guilty of from time to time, how, how can we manage our hypocrisy? And I also, uh, first of all, I want you to notice that I use the word manage, not the word master. Because I'm not sure we will ever master it. But I do believe that we can manage it. And I want to give you four tips to managing hypocrisy Something that we all battle. First tip is this, and that is learn to appreciate the opinions of others. Appreciate the opinions of others. Why, why do we think that all of our opinions are right and anyone who opposes them are wrong? And even if they are wrong, what gives us the right to be mean-spirited about it? Amen. 
And no one's right about everything. No, 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 we can't be right about everything. No one is. It's hypocritical to think and act like we are. If we're going to manage our hypocrisy, we, we, we must learn to appreciate the opinions of us. I, I, I didn't say that we have to agree with them. I said we have to appreciate them. Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 15 says, Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 15 says, Intelligent people are always eager to learn. Their ears are open for knowledge. Well, notice something else we can do in order to manage hypocrisy, and that is we can, we can apply as much grace as possible. Apply as much grace as possible. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 7, he says, God blesses those who are merciful because they will receive mercy. And 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 18 says, to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and our Savior. The word says that if we want mercy, if we want grace, we better give mercy and we better give it grace. We better give mercy, we better give grace. Because the Bible teaches that we get what we give. If you don't like what's coming to you, you might, not, might want to take a look at what you're giving out. Because whatever you are giving out, that is what is going to come back to you. It's a principle of the Word of God. And I want to promise you this morning that the day will come when you're going to need mercy. The day is going to come when you are going to need grace. The day is going to come when your family, when your children are going to need it. The day is going to come when you are going to be in need of mercy and grace. And whether or not it comes back to you is going to be determined by whether or not you gave it. And so often we want to get it, but we don't want to. We want to get it, but we don't want to give it. practicing hypocrisy when we want to get it, but we're not willing to give it. And I've seen this. I've I've witnessed it. I've watched it over and over and over and over again. And let me just be honest with you this morning. Mercy and grace are areas where I have had to grow in. In my early years of ministry, I had very little. Everything was black or white. You were either in or you were out. I had very little tolerance for imperfection or for anyone who didn't cross their T's and dot their I's exactly like I did because my way was the right way. So I thought and so I acted. Today, not so much. I have grown in grace and in mercy. It's a good thing because I need a lot of mercy and I need a lot of grace. No amens, please. How can we manage our hypocrisy? Well, appreciate the opinions of others and apply as much grace as possible. Let's look at another, and that is assess our heart and our actions. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, Paul writes, and he says, examine yourselves to see if your faith is genuine. Test yourselves. And the psalmist wrote in Psalm 51 and 10, a psalm of David, create in me a clean, a pure heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. We should visit these two scriptures Frequently. 
assess the content of our heart. And then upon the result of the assessment, cry out to God in repentance. Because whatever is in your heart will come out in your actions. Our hypocrisy is a sign. There's something in our heart that shouldn't be there. It might be pride. It might be insecurity. It might be unforgiveness. It might be bitterness. It might be anger. It might be, it might be resentment. And the list goes on and on and on. How, how can we manage? How can we manage our hypocrisy? Assess our heart and our actions. Oh, recently, recently, I, I became very annoyed with somebody and very annoyed with something they were consistently doing. And the Holy Spirit tapped on my shoulder and said, You are guilty of the very same thing. Hello? How can we manage our hypocrisy? Number four, ask God for help. Ask God for help. Be like David in Psalm 51 and 10 that we read a moment ago. Cry out to God for help, friend. We cannot do it on our own. Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 9 and 10 says the human heart is the most deceitful of all things. It's desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? It goes on to say, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due reward according to what their actions deserve. How many believe that we need to, the help of the Lord to manage our hypocrisy? How many of you are, are thankful for, for, for the grace of God? Uh, oh, this morning without the grace of God, we have absolutely no hope. But thank God his grace is available to us. And not only is his grace available to us, but his grace is both amazing and abundant. <laughs> oh, it's so amazing. I think I'll write a song about God's amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Oh, how's that sound so far? Doing good? Amen. How I, I can't speak for you this morning, but for me, but for me, I'm going to make a practice oh, of asking God to help me with my hypocrisy. I didn't like it when the Lord tapped on my shoulder and said, hey, buddy, hey, buddy, you're guilty. You're guilty of the very same thing that's annoying you and somebody else. I want to make a practice of asking God to help me with my hypocrisy. I'm going to ask him to help me be better at offering a generous quantity of grace and a generous quantity of mercy to others because God only knows how much I need it. I may think a bulldog would need a lot of mercy and a lot of grace. Amen. The takeaway from the message today is simply this. Hypocrisy is the ultimate mask. Hypocrisy is the ultimate mask. Hypocrisy indicates underlying issues. Issues like pride, insecurity, 
bitterness, unforgiveness, on and on and on. I believe it's time to unmask and face our reality. Father, I just pray that you'll take this word this morning that has been shared. Lord, not something that I was excited about, but something that I was convicted about and something that I feel needed to be delivered today. God, I'm not saying all of us are hypocrites, but I'm saying all of us struggle with hypocrisy. A hypocrite is someone that knows they're doing it and continues to do it consistently. But so often we are guilty of hypocrisy and we don't even know it. We're not even aware what's going on in our life. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll make us aware. Make us aware and help us 